With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hi, I'm Grant Wall, and welcome to the Planet Football Podcast World Cup Daily. Day 27 of World Cup 2018 is done. Brian Strauss and I will be talking about that as part of our podcast coming to you daily from Russia through July 15th. Just a small request, it would be a huge help if you subscribe, rate, and review our podcast. It helps people find us. Onward! Let's bring in Brian Strauss from St. Petersburg, where he covered tonight's France 1, Belgium 0 World Cup semifinal. France is in the final. Brian, how are you? What do you think? Uh... I, I, uh, I, you know, I'm, I'm thinking of that, that Griezmann, you know, the take the L dance that he does. Yeah. I took a couple, I took a couple L's tonight. Okay. Um, on a, on a, on a professional and personal level, uh, tonight was a, was a, was a, was a grind. Um, but, uh, and it was for Belgium as well, who I think, um, I, I think had their plan and their tactics, uh, used against them, uh, by a very savvy, uh, French, uh, tournament tested team this evening. Um, and I got locked in to the stadium, um, which I affectionately call the Schmoinkel. <laughs> and, uh, now it is, uh, three, it, what is what? Three thirty four in the morning. Yeah. Yeah, we're, it is. We're doing our, whatever. What is this? Is this show 30? Have we hit show 30 yet? I don't know. Oh, all right. Uh, we might have. You like really, made it sound like it was a really dumb question. No, 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 no. I think we started this on, uh, what, June 12th is when you arrived in Russia, and we've been doing it every day. So, yeah, quite likely. Um, but uh, pretty impressive from France to win in a sort of different way again, or maybe similar to the Uruguay game, but certainly not similar to the Argentina game against a Belgium team that they clearly wanted Belgium to create stuff from wide areas. And I think I don't have the stats in front of me, but Nasser Chadley, I think had like a bazillion crosses and completed like one. They, uh, yeah. France brilliantly locked down the middle of the field with Conte, who is, who's simply the most reliable thing on earth. Um, and Paul Pogba, who had a really, really nice game. Um, he, he was going toe to toe toe and, uh, uh, head to Afro uh, with Fellaini for a good chunk of the night and um, did uh, did wonderfully. Um, and then they let Chadley and Hazard sort of have the wings. And at the beginning, you're sort of like, wow, God, Hazard's getting a lot of the ball. He's really dangerous. He's lively. He's, he, he, he's, he's pulling the strings. He's going at people. He's tilting stuff. Um, and then you realize, well, wait, he, he doesn't cross the ball really ever. And he's not going to score from out there. And Chadley just can't cross, period. So you have a guy who won't cross and a guy who can't cross. And Lukaku's nowhere near the ball. He's getting no service. They've got De Bruyne kind of shadowed. They've got Fellaini erased by Pogba. And there's kind of your game. And it was just a really well-executed plan. And again, this this French team, as we've kind of lamented, just kind of, you know, waits for, waits for the opening, waits for the chance, waits for the bounce. And they got it uh, with the header uh, from Umtiti, and uh, they're on to the final. 
For all the issues you may have had uh, professionally tonight, your story is quite good on SI.com. I think it is a, I think it is a poop souffle. Shut up, man. I just read it. I think everyone should good. read it. Uh, all right. Well, it's not but, good. Uh, not happy with it. In any case, I think the point you're making in the story is a solid one, which is, is that Didier Deschamps is sort of frustrating as a coach. And he's frustrating because you feel like he's not maximizing the talent that this French team has, even when they win to get to the World Cup final. And yet it's very effective. And he doesn't care. And the, and the, the point I was trying to make in the story as they were kicking us out of the media center. So the press conference, Didier Deschamps, look, he's gotten to the World Cup final. He got to the Euro final. It's getting increasingly hard to question at least his results as a coach, and I think that's all he cares about. But but he is he's not. I I was kind of hoping South uh, that England Belgium would be the World Cup final only because for me the World Cup final could just be like Gareth Southgate and Roberto Martinez <laughs> like chatting for ninety minutes. Why don't they just have like I, the Lincoln Douglas debates? Just forget the game. I would and have those I would guys going back and forth. That podcast. They're both, and even tonight, even tonight. I didn't agree with some of what Martinez said, but but he's articulate and opinionated. And I mean, if you threw if you threw like a bunch of coaches press conference platitudes into like a Scrabble bag and just pulled some out at random, that is a Deschamps. Right? He is the most unquotable, uncharismatic. Maybe it's just the translation. And then tonight, it took him a friggin' hour to get in. Yeah. And so and and we're talking about a nine p.m. start and. It was just a. It was just a. It was shitty. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so yes, yeah, so I wrote. I wrote what I thought was a crappy story because they were like I was trying to write it like as we were being ushered out of the media center into what isn't even the darkness here. It's just kind of that weird kind of hazy white nights. Yeah, the sun. The sun is kind of fighting against the horizon. Um, and uh, but no, the point I wanted to make was that. Um, we, we remember champions differently than we assess them during their runs. Um, and that when you look back and, and so many people were asking, uh, Deschamps in the press conference about the 98 team, five or six questions about the 98 team. And you just realize that people, people revere this team. And I think they revere it in hindsight. They revere it because they remember Zidane. And I think they remember players who weren't, who didn't even play that much of a role on that team. And I mentioned Vieira and Henri in the story. But but that World Cup, they weren't. No one thought they would be, were going to beat Brazil in that final. I mean, they, right. they 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 didn't light up anything at that World Cup. And but of course, in hindsight, twenty years later, they're legends. And so that's the recipe for 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 uh, for Deschamps is is worry let w- get get the trophy, put the star on your jersey, and then people will will remember how wonderful you were. Don't worry about it at the time. He's not trying to impress anyone. One thing I would also say is in your story, you, you mentioned the similarity that the center forward for France, Olivier Giroud, has not scored a goal in this tournament. And you mentioned that uh, Stefan Givarch, who has one of the greatest random apostrophes in his last name of any player I've ever seen. We should do a power ranking on that. Yeah, was uh, the starting forward for France in the 1998 final and didn't score a goal in that tournament. However, I will slightly disagree here. Stefan Givarch was terrible. He was horrible. I actually think Giroud has been halfway decent in this tournament as a setup guy. And like Givarch just did nothing in that tournament. Okay, but I, okay, I don't disagree. I, I also think, though, that 
when you have a team of this kind of talent, when you have a team with this, the, the Giroud slows the team down. Giroud makes the team by definition because he's a target guy and a holdup guy and a guy who, and a, and a sort of a, a an advanced sort of link player and a guy who's going to you know move center backs around and pull defenders. I mean, it, it, that's not that's not the stuff of dynamic attacking, right? And right. so it's just going to slow the team down. And when you look at a team with this kind of talent, you're like, why are we trying to slow this down? Why are we trying to make this more deliberate? Why is this team sitting back like they did against – they were willing – and I tried to make this point again in the story – is that there are teams that enter a game against – a team is celebrated as France. A team is as, as, as high-powered and as highly touted as France. It's the rare team – with that kind of buzz around it and hype and expectation that's willing to go into a game and sit back and counter and let the other team be the one that has possession let the other team that let the other team think they're going to be dictating terms that takes a level of sort of humility and pragmatism that i think is interesting for a team that's expected to win a world cup and so if you're going to you know that that kind of that kind of system, that kind of approach, I guess maybe necessitates a guy like Giroud and you don't need Giroud to score because, you know, you, the ball turns over and then he's able to bring guys like Mbappe and, and, and Griezmann into the play, but it's still a, it's still an acceptance and, 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 a, and an admission and maybe even a defiant celebration from France that they don't care about looking good, you know? They just don't. They, they're just gonna they don't care about proving a point they're just going to go out and try to win the game and do the minimum that they need to do to win the game. Um, they're they're going to they're they're going to be certainly if Croatia wins. I mean, France is healthy. I mean, France is in you know having gone through six games. I mean, they're going to enter the World Cup final, you know, in really really good shape physically. I think too. So we saw some good performances from the goalkeepers tonight. Larice had a couple of really good saves. Uh, so did Courtois. Um, and the difference ends up being on a set piece. Um, is there some feeling of emptiness or unfulfillment in watching a game of this magnitude in the end be decided by a set piece? Um, I, I don't know. I mean, I think the point is that <laughs> France, France didn't care, right? I mean, they, they yeah, they don't care. I mean, they're not unful. I mean, I, I think, I think we, yeah, we, we would have wanted to have seen, I, I picked Griezmann to win the golden ball. Right. I mean, I picked France to win the World Cup, but I picked Griezmann to win the Golden Ball. Oh, you picked so France it's clear, to win? Not forgot. the Golden Ball, the boot. The okay. boot. I, why do I keep the Golden Boot? I picked him to win the Golden Boot. So it's clear that I, I, I envisioned France winning the World Cup, but not really like this, right? Right. So, yeah, I mean, it's 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 not it's not it, it's not memorable. It's not something that we're going to say, "My God, do you remember the soccer?" Do you remember that that famous semifinal? But like I said, over time, um, people will certainly remember Mbappe. People will remember uh, the midfield. Um, but people will remember a few given moments here and there. They'll remember Inspector Pavard. Um, but, you know, people don't remember from, from the 98 team. They don't remember Zidane's suspension. They don't remember barely beating Paraguay in overtime. I was at that game. This. I was at that game. I was in cool. Lons. Um so I like the fact that Inspector Prevard is now something we just use, and it's not even something we think. It's very, about. it's no, it's big for you. I know, you know, it's a good moment. Um, 
I also you, maybe you can retire. Maybe you know how Chuck Blazer, you know how Chuck Blazer trademarked the smiley face, right? Maybe maybe you can get out of this grind <laughs> by uh, by trademarking Inspector Pavard and and blowing up the world with with Inspector Pavard merchandise. And I buy an Inspector Pavard scarf. See, um... there were there were some scarf vendors outside the church of the spilled blood today or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. And there were seven or eight like different tables with people selling match scarves and team scarves and world cup scarves. And it was, it was just the highlight of my entire time here in Russia. It was just awesome. Nice. Um, I bought so, you know, you're leaving, uh, St. Petersburg tomorrow after I think seven days there. Uh, I any moments that uh, you'll remember there? Including I'm tonight. not leaving here tomorrow. Oh, you're not, not? leaving here tomorrow. I'm going to be here tomorrow. I couldn't get a train back. All the trains were, uh, all the trains were, all the trains that got back in time for the second game were booked. So it was either I leave tomorrow and or today and watch and, and miss the second semifinal, or stay here, uh, watch the second semifinal here in St. Petersburg, if my hotel gets the channel, which I don't think they do. Um, and then come back Thursday. So that's what I'm going to do. Well, maybe you could get in, like the suitcase of uh, John Strong or Stu Holden because they're coming back to actually broadcast the semifinal. Well, they probably are. They probably either are a better at making plans in advance than I am, <laughs> or b I'm gonna or, or I'm gonna and I'm gonna go with B here. They have someone do it for them. As an employee of Fox Sports, I think that is accurate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm on my own. I'm my own travel agent, which probably explains a hell of a lot of stuff that I've talked about over the past month. Yeah. So, how's everything going up there, man? I mean, like you know, the no credit card, the everything's in cash for you. Uh, everything's. Every, <laughs> I I <laughs> I I know that I'm sometimes a little crude on this show, um, <laughs> <laughs> and. A couple people have like followed up on Twitter asking about the credit card, and I've like had some really like crude. I I realize that there's a line of stuff that I shouldn't say on on the show. <laughs> Thank and, you. And, and, Thank and, you and for at least topic, recognizing this, that. This topic pushes me so uncomfortably close <laughs> to that line that it's almost hard to talk about. <laughs> I'd almost rather not. You know, it's like when you go to the store and you see like like the Keebler fudge sticks. You're like, oh man, I want those. And you're just like, no, I'm not even going to buy them. I'm not, you're trying to bring them home and ration them is a mistake. You, you know, you just leave the hostess ding-dongs at the store because it's a lot easier just to do it there than it is to bring them home and try to, like, be, be an adult about it. So I'm leaving it at the store. I'm not even going to talk about the credit card. I'm surviving. Um, I've got some cash. <laughs> and I'm going to figure this out. <laughs> so thank you for your concerns and, and prayers and all that kind of stuff. Just um, the whole metaphor about the the like, you know, the fudge sticks or whatever at the at the grocery store that never enters my mind. What doesn't? The whole fudge stick thing. So like so like you don't leave something at the store because you know that if you bring it home you'll just like wreck it? No. Wow. Well, you're a better person than me then. I I mean, I I'd like to connect here. I am just trying to understand. Um Okay, but but everything else is okay. Like we're gonna make it to the end of this tournament, aren't we? I tonight was a close call. Tonight everything. 
everything went wrong tonight at the stadium. Also at the at the Schmeichel, it's really <laughs> it's 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 the most of all of the three World Cups I've done. It's the most it was the most difficult stadium to access, and so I got lost several times because the signage wasn't very good, and you had to like walk in and out several times to get mm-hmm. to and from the stadium and the media seating and the media center. Um, and then we had to do, and then they locked us in. And so I had to find some volunteers who were leaving and get them to take me, to get me out. And of course that required like a entire lap of the complex. Um, and the, the internet is just the internet for whatever reason has been really bad at a lot of these places. Um, which is really disappointing. You would think FIFA, what, what they spend on the friggin' desk lamps, right? How many Desk lamps. They they bought they bought another hundred thousand desk lamps. Right. Like, buy a modem from, you know, two thousand eight for all that money. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. We're 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 running on we're running on fumes, man. And I know nobody wants to listen to the bitching, um, but, and and I'll tell you what, tonight's game was really good. I really enjoy I, I, as a soccer game as a as a as a game to watch. Right. I enjoyed it. I sat next to Jonathan Wilson, who uh, writes for us and everybody else. Um, really smart guy. <laughs> he's incredible. The guy he was talking to me about um, like guys from the Argentine 1930 team, like just pulling <laughs> it out of thin air, pulling it out of thin air in the middle. I was like, I was like, oh look at look at look at this player. Look how he's doing this. You know, look how he's running off the defender, and he'd be like, "Yeah, that's like, that's like how Jose from like the 1924 Uruguayan Olympic team did it." <laughs> what the hell? They got a star, that by the way. Amazing. They got a star that 24 Olympic team for Uruguay. Yes, but no, Jonathan Wilson. Jonathan Wilson covers soccer. The guy writes like eight articles a night. Like he covers soccer <laughs> for, he covers soccer for Highlights Magazine for kids. He covers soccer. He covers soccer for the Bible. Like every, like every, everything, the guy's, the guy's an absolute machine. So I sat next to him tonight and that was very cool. And he's very interesting and intelligent and I enjoyed the game and I enjoyed the schmoinkel and, um, it was just doing, doing the job tonight, which is why we're here. It was really, really hard. And I still think my story was trash. Okay. I disagree. Um, I do think this this game tonight reminded me a little bit of the. Do you remember the Germany Spain semifinal in 2010? It was a one nothing game, and Puyol Puyol got a header. Game I've ever covered. Yep. And but just such a high level game where you're like these guys are playing at a higher level than we've seen other games. Yes, that is well said. Exactly. Um, and we and we talked about that. Um, I saw, I was also, um, you know, Martin Rogers from USA today mm-hmm. was, uh, was there tonight as well. I saw him briefly and we were at that game together in Durban in 2010. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, we were talking, we were essentially having a very similar conversation, just like that was my favorite game of that world cup. And it was my first world cup. And sort of to see the game live at a world cup played at that level by those two teams that night, I don't think either France or, or Germany, I mean, you know, I think maybe those teams were better than than. I'm I'm now I'm so tired. I'm not complaining. I think Spain and Germany yeah. of 2010 were probably better teams than than the ones I saw tonight, but maybe not. And like I said, maybe history will judge them differently. I mean, if France, let's say France plays Croatia in the final and wins four nothing, 
right? And Mbappe scores like a bicycle kick hat trick. Like no one will remember the rest of this crap. Nobody, <laughs> nobody will. Nobody will remember all of the all Didier Deschamps droning on for forty minutes and about how he wouldn't like pull the brakes off this team. No one will remember. And and that's that's what that's what they still have in front of them. Um, and if and again at the same time, if they win, no one remembers. People people think of Spain that the Spain 2010 team as as this fluid attacking team that changed the way we think about football. You know they were they were they were passing teams to death and winning games one nothing. You know right. uh, it, it it's just funny how the World Cup kind of shapes the way we recall and perceive things and 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 France understands that Didier Deschamps understands that better than absolutely anyone. And I guess that was what I was trying to say. I think we're at the point of the podcast, like where we were last night, where we thought it was just the two of us and nobody else was listening. And I got, I got, I got all of these tweets today saying I was listening. So I, I felt kind of like people were backing us up a little bit. Maybe I, maybe I think they're, I, <laughs> I think they're fired up about the space borscht. Yeah. <laughs> what, uh, well, and, and, um, uh, the, um, the, the, the Maradona candle cake, thing that was a good story that that keeps the people roped in i posted how a picture was, uh, of that today that worked out well how was the uh how was your show tonight i hope uh, you had, I hope you had better i hope you had better logistics and technologies than i did today this evening uh <laughs> uh tonight's world cup tonight show uh i talked about uh the cristiano ronaldo move and uh, the details of it and what you know wh what real madrid wants to do next which is to uh target uh, Neymar, Mbappe, and uh, Hazard. Uh, well, like like all of them, or no, one no, they're them. not going to sign all three of them. I think Hazard. Right, yeah. I think Hazard is fairly likely, but he's not a replacement for Ronaldo. I mean, they need a Galactico level center forward who's going to score a ton of goals, and so that is either who's Neymar. That? That's either Neymar or Mbappe, and, and like they are on the same team. PSG, which does not want to sell them, but. You know, I actually did some reporting here and was able to report that uh, Real Madrid execs have spoken multiple times recently to Neymar's dad, who's in control of a lot of his stuff, and they want to try and convince Neymar, or if not Neymar, Mbappe, to want to leave. And that way, even if PSG says, we're not selling, like if the player wants to leave, the player tends to leave. That's what happened with Ronaldo. So and and are there are is is that like tampering on, on some level? I mean, is that is know. that looked down upon? I don't know. Um, do you think do you think these clubs and again as we've said when people talk about European soccer and all that kind of stuff, they're they're really talking about like eight teams, right? Right. So like, do you think that on the desks of like the technical directors of Madrid and PSG and Bayern and Barcelona and Man City and Juventus and you know you throw in your two or three other teams? Like they each have a phone that's on their desk, and you know, you know those, how the phones have those speed dial buttons. Yeah, it just has the logos of the other eight teams. Maybe I'd love to think that is true. And they just and they just call each other and like like try to make deals and swap players and and all that kind of stuff. So you like you know you push the PSG button and you try to offload or sign some guy because they're all at this point there's only like a seven or eight teams that can afford this this these groups of players right right so they're all just going to be shuttling back and forth so you know Buffon goes to PSG and 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 Ronaldo goes to Juventus and Hazard goes from Chelsea to Real Madrid and it's just this merry-go-round 
one of my favorite moments uh, reporting-wise earlier this year was when I reported that Mina Raiola, who is the super agent for Paul Pogba and many other players, uh, had been contacting during the season uh, top clubs um, trying to get them to buy Pogba because he was unhappy at Man United. And I had all these Man United fans tell me on Twitter, like I was an idiot. I was trying to cause problems with their team. And then like, this was like in the January transfer window. And then Pep Guardiola in a fit of peak at a Man City press conference actually says publicly that Mina Raiola was trying to get Man City to buy Paul Pogba. And so I, got, I, so, I literally had public confirmation from Pep Guardiola that what I reported was true. So Raiola has one of those phones. He might. That's it. I wonder, where you, I wonder if that's like the old Sports Illustrated sneaker phone. I am imagining no, all of this and, and hoping that's the case. Except it's the bat phone for, you know, it's the bat phone for, for you know, super rich mega mega football clubs that can can buy players. Um, what was I going to say? Uh, that's crazy that that happened today. We were, we were sitting at the stadium um, killing time, waiting for the internet to go out. Um, <laughs> and uh, when, when this went down and, yeah, I mean, I guess, I guess, I don't know, like is Ronaldo, is Ronaldo pissed off that uh, – that he's on in the World Cup, so he decided to like steal some thunder from the semifinal. Like, why why couldn't he wait a couple days? It's absurd you know? to me that Real Madrid has now twice upstaged the World Cup with the timing yes. of their announcements. First one was Lopetegui as their coach, like the day before the World Cup starts, causing Lopetegui to get fired as the Spain coach. And then this one, which they could have announced on the previous two off days during the World Cup, and they or decide to announce that? like, yeah, so they decide to announce an hour or two before the game tonight that Ronaldo's going to Juventus. And it makes you think that like, Real Madrid is going to announce like an hour before the final that, oh yeah, we signed Kylian Mbappe. I just don't find them very likable. <laughs> That's not likable stuff to do. <laughs> no, nah, I just don't. I just don't. There's just something about them. Um... When I was uh, when I was at the Washington, when I was a young a young uh, wannabe at the I guess I'm still a wannabe. I'm old. I'm an old wannabe now. But when I was a young wannabe at the Washington Post, box scoring and news aiding and page proofing and phone answering and mail retrieving and all that kind of stuff, um, I, I was going to go to Spain on a trip, like a like a backpacking kind of thing that you do when you're young and poor, and. I wanted to go to see games, so I wanted to see Madrid and, and Barcelona, and I had no idea how you got tickets back then, you know, no clue. So I found their addresses on their websites, and I sent uh, just a, a, a message in a bottle, shot in the dark, email, just to the general address on their website, just saying who I was, I'm on, I'm on vacation, I'm on holiday, I'm not there to work, I'm not looking for any handouts, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not covering anything. I'm just curious. I'm a, I, I love soccer, and I want to work in soccer, and I'm, I would just love to see a game there. If you could just give me some advice on how to get tickets, I'd be extremely grateful. This was like 2002. So okay. like this was – you were not stub-hubbing back then and that kind of stuff. So Madrid did not answer the email. A woman from Barcelona wrote me back, offered me a ticket to a Champions League, league game against Roma. <laughs> when I arrived – when I arrived, she gave me a private tour of the stadium, the whole thing, um, down to the field, the whole deal. 
She gave me her employee discount to the club shop. She took me to the press conference after the game. And then after they were all done, uh, the PR staff took me out for beer and pizza. Just for sending an email. Not not that you were looking for any free handouts. (laughs) No, no, I was not. I mean, I did not turn them down. I, I, you know, and, 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 and by the way, 25% discount, I don't know if it was 25%, whatever it was, the ticket was free. I sat, I sat, I sat sort of like in a, in an overflow media area at the Comp Nou and watched, watched Barcelona and Roma in the Champions League. And she, and she did all of this out of the goodness of her heart. And that's always kind of made me, uh, you know, it's, it's when you have that contrast, Barcelona, you know, it's kind of, kind of lean that way, I think. Is the Washington Post ethics department going to come after you now that the story has gone public? Um, really good question. <laughs> really good question. One, uh, I mean, all the all the people there who I worked for who hated me are most of them are long gone. <laughs> I think the statute of limitations has run out, and you're actually no longer an employee of the Washington Post. But yeah, I think that like right, it, it, it's an instructive story though of the response from one club compared to the other. Yeah, and I and I kept you know, and there really was like no, 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 like you can't do this, no, you know, and then like yes, <laughs> so um, I sent her. She I forget her name, but she she loved basketball and she loved women's soccer. Huh. She loved the fact that women's soccer was so big in the U.S. Yeah. And this was during the WSA days, during the Freedom days. Right. So when I got back from Spain, I put together a care package for her. With like some Washington Wizards gear and a Mia, ha- a Mia Ham shirt and some Washington Freedom like media guides and pins and I, I boxed it all up and that cost like you know that cost the price of the ticket to the Barcelona game to ship that monstrosity to back to Barcelona and I never heard back from her. I, I I don't even know if she ever got it and I've I've you know 15 years later I've always wondered what happened to that box of stuff and and um, whatever happened to that woman who was so nice to me. I am going to decide in my head that she got it and, and was very happy about it and good karma will t- come to you for that effort. I will take working internet at the World Cup final. On that note, let's call it in a night. As, as my receipt of good karma. Awesome, man. Look forward to seeing you back here in Moscow soon. All right. Thanks for listening to the Planet Football World Cup Daily Podcast. I'd like to thank Brian Strauss as well as everyone at Cadence 13 and Sports Illustrated who supports this podcast. Please, if you like the pod, tell your friends, subscribe, like, and review it on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. It really does help the cause if you do. And we'll see you tomorrow. Do you know about the Locked On Podcast Network, the number one daily sports podcast network? Locked On has a daily podcast on every NBA and NFL team, plus a growing lineup of college and MLB teams. You get a daily bite-sized podcast giving you the latest on your team from the local experts. Lakers fans, search Locked On Lakers. Cowboys fans, search Locked On Cowboys. Just search Locked On, your favorite team, on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts, or tell your smart speaker to play podcast Locked On, your favorite team.
Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.